I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands, Under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. know it's coming and it's not going to be pretty. It's great to have storable food, but when that runs out, what are you going to do? Your best defense against the coming apocalypse is to have seeds so you can grow your own food. So I've been looking for various different seeds for the last couple of years and off the bat, almost all seed companies are the same as long as they're non-GMO, heirloom, yada, yada, but it's the following years that really concern me. So I bought a whole bunch of seeds last year. And when you get seeds, there's, there's a lot of seeds in a pack, a whole lot. You're probably not gonna use them all if you have a small garden. So you wanna make sure they last again the following year. So the best company I found for these seeds, is called Survival Essentials. And when you go on their webpage, it says, your best defense against the coming apocalypse. So go to survival-essentials.com, save 10% with promo code DEFIANT and get ready because we're gonna need to eat. And I don't know about y'all, but I don't trust the food in the grocery store anymore. I don't trust it unless I can plant the seed with my own hands and watch it grow with my own eyes and know where it's coming from and feed it to my family. So survival-essentials.com, promo code DEFIANT, saves you 10%. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no, not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply, refuse to show vaccine passports, refuse to wear a mask, refuse to stay at home. 
We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now. Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me, for when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier. dream the other night. I didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. 
The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor innocently while your parents were asleep. Now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. But you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or of gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm so they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail. Your public servants don't uphold the solemn they've sworn and now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore and then you send your youth to slaughter fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. to recruit for a militia. God save King George! Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more.
to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I'm the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved better half. V-Lynn. Hello, Patriots. What's up, fuckers? That was fun. I wasn't expecting that either. Well, hey, we got to go back in time. To, to understand the future, we have to go back in time. What do we have to go back in time to? It feels like we're back into the start of the Q days all over again. You think? Why? One of the biggest things, one of the biggest things Q said 
was that Epstein's logs would unveil the complete truth for everyone to see. <sighs> Folks, Epstein's logs for the first time. Actually, you know what? I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm going to let Marsha Blackburn go ahead and explain to you what she is doing because this, if it comes out, you have to understand there's 216 pages of flight logs of the Lolita Express landing at Little St. James with all sorts of different people on it, folks. This is about to get, remember when Q said they will not be able to walk down the street? I got a feeling this is what they were referring to. Check this shit out. And so much that went on today that we're jumping right into it because holy shit balls it's like the, it's the walls of jericho everything everybody crumbles. remember that move in the wwe the walls of jericho that's what happened in congress today here we go thank you mr chairman i think we all know what this is about and uh you all have been after justice thomas we are fully aware of this and i i think that um the whole charade is truly disgusting. Now, if we go back to the Dobbs leak, and I'm one of those, I'd like to know who the leaker is, and I'd like to know why they did it. But since that leak, our Supreme Court justices, especially Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett, they have been subjected to threats on their lives, their families have been subjected to threats on their lives. And yet, this is what you and Senator Whitehouse are choosing to focus on, is a discrediting of the court. And we know what this is about. We should be talking about protections for the court. I, I think that it appears that what you're doing is you're going after them because right now you don't agree with some of the decisions that are coming out of the court. So instead of letting them exercise and fulfill their jobs, what they're required to do, what are you doing? You're going after a way to delegitimize the court as an institution. Tennesseans know this, we see it, but, you know, Senator Graham mentioned Justice Sotomayor. Now, this summer, what we learned was that over the years, her staff has pressured public institutions to buy her books. And these books and her book deals have earned her $4 million. And I haven't heard you mention that. None of you have mentioned that. You don't want to talk about that, nor have you mentioned the fact that she refused to recuse herself from not one, but two. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. She just said $4 million and uh, what's her name? All at the same time. Wasn't there a Q post with her name and $4 million and something about Blackburn in the same post. Uh, 
I'm almost positive there was. Those three things plus Blackbird and $4 million were in one Q post. Q-tards, give me some, uh, give me some somebody, on that. Somebody look that up. Somebody do me a favor, do a little digging. Lindsay, See, you up here yet? One you post. stuck at work late. It, one post, it would be one post. I could have sworn I saw one Q post that had $4 million, Marsha Blackburn's name, and the justice, uh, Sotomayor. Sotomayor, all in one post. I could have sworn I saw right. that. Well, homework. Ooh. Copyright infringement cases concerning her book publisher. You clearly don't want to talk about that one either. So I have filed an amendment issuing a subpoena to Justice Sotomayor's staff who helped to sell her books as well as to her book publisher so we can fully understand the backstory of these deals. And since we're in the business of issuing subpoenas now, here are a few more that I filed. A subpoena to Jeffrey Epstein's estate to provide the flight logs for his private plane, given the numerous allegations of human trafficking and sexual abuse surrounding Mr. Epstein, I think it is very important that we identify everybody that was on that plane and how many trips they took on that plane and the destinations to which they arrived. I've also filed a subpoena authorizing Secretary Becerra to come before this committee and explain to us how HHS and the Office of Refugee Resettlement has lost track of 85,000 children. In addition, I filed a subpoena to compel the Biden DOJ to provide all documentation about their disastrous decision to terminate the successful China initiative. That was a program that was critical to targeting and prosecuting Chinese spies in America. Next, we've got to get to the bottom of the far left's effort to take down President Trump. That's why I filed a subpoena for all documents relating to any political donations and participation by special counsel Robert Mueller's staff. And let's talk about the two tiers of justice that we're all seeing in the Biden administration. This administration loves to talk about misinformation, but they clearly have the goal of censoring conservative speech online. In the latest example of this, DOJ, on behalf of the FTC, filed a privacy and securities practices suit against Twitter. So I think we need to get to the bottom of President Biden's efforts to silence Elon Musk. That's why I filed a subpoena to compel DOJ and the FTC to provide all documents related to the investigation of Elon Musk. So, Mr. Chairman, I think there are real issues that we should be talking about, social media and the way it's destroying our kids' lives. Wall Street Journal has an article in on this today. Our southern border is wide open. It is a vulnerability. The president's administration has lost track of 85,000 children. The world is on fire. But what you have chosen to do is to launch an assault 
on the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. If you want to take up our time and go there, Mr. Chairman, we can all go there. I think this is a sad day for this committee and for the confidence that the American people would like to have in our institution and in this prestigious committee. Thank you, Senator. Um, when I recognized you, I didn't know what subject you wished to speak to. As I announced at the beginning, the first thing we'll consider the two judicial nominations, then we will move to the subpoena and I see people seeking further recognition pause. on that issue. Pause, pause. Okay. He's freaking Folks, out right stop, now. Stop, stop, stop. Folks, I have taught you a lot about body language. All right, I'm going to leave this to the chats. Tell me what this guy looks like right now. Remember, remember what I taught you about body language. Go with your gut reaction. 90% of the time, your gut reaction when watching this little faggot speak will tell you exactly where he's at in this. It means his name is on those flight logs because he started shitting his pants the second that timer went off. Watch. Go ahead. Texas chat couldn't find anything on a key post with $4 million Sotomayor or okay. Blackburn. I could have sworn I saw that. I know. Thank you, Senator. Um, when I recognized you, I didn't know what subject you wish to speak to. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Uh, that's the O face, folks. Oh, shit. Um, I'm fucked. Uh, I'm on those flight logs. I was down. Look, I told you a long time ago when the whole thing started. Look, the one thing that was going to bring all of this down, the one thing that started over and the one thing that is going to bring this back to the beginning are the children. It started about the kids. It started about the Lolita Express. Just it started about the Epstein flight logs. It started about all the other bullshit. It's going to end in this country. It's going to end with it. Because when all of that shit is released and you find out everybody who visited the Epstein Island, that's it. You already know the backstory. You already know what happened down there. You already know what those fucking Satanists were doing. This guy's worried too. Look at his face. Dude, shit just hit the fan. Literally hit Lots the of fan. Shit. There's Lots. Like, There's a guy with diarrhea, projectile diarrhea, dude. standing in front of a gigantic fucking fan right now that's spinning at 53,000 RPMs. Three quarters of Congress called up Joe and said, you got an extra depends. <laughs> hey, they all went to their staffs. Go get my diapers. It ain't good. Look, and you're right. And you're right to be skeptical about this. You're absolutely right, because two-thirds of Congress are probably involved in this. And that's a scary thought. However, I doubt Marsha Blackburn is. And, and not one if of, she's the one that brought it up. Absolutely not. One of the things that I know about Marsha Blackburn is she is also a very trialed, experienced trial lawyer. She is an ex she is a, a marquee litigator. One of the things I know she's not going to back off of here is if she knows she's right, she ain't going to stop. And the fact that she brought this up, she brought this up on the Capitol floor. Come on, folks. Dude, now we're getting there's the this is solidification. This is we are solidifying everything we've learned up until this point. We know that we haven't been bullshitting you.
This is all real. There's more than enough evidence to support this. Happy days. You're right. Sheeta Pants had the biggest ass in the room. She needed a fucking zip code for that thing. What? There was a chick in there that like got up and literally showed her ass. She was in like cheetah fucking spandex. Leopard print spandex. It was rough. It's like, ooh, someone start the beep, beep, beep for her. She's got her own backup signal. Exactly. I'm moving backwards, folks. Oh. Beep, beep, beep. Except it's like but screaming. It's, it's not funny. It's not. Like Sparky just got a flashback of his orgy with Stephen Hawking and Neil deGrasse Tyson and a 16 year old giving Hawking's computer <laughs> massage and sounded shouted sit on my face. Wait a minute. <sighs> he just, Sparky got flashbacks of an orgy with Stephen Hawking and Neil deGrasse Tyson and a 16 year old giving Hawking's computer, computer a massage as it shouted sit on my face. Uh, sit on my face you little nerd <laughs> sit on my face you must <laughs> what are you gonna wow. do you paraplegic <laughs> get up you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna walk away <laughs> oh my god all right but it's really not funny here it's really disgusting it is it's really disgusting which is why we have to laugh because you need humor otherwise you just you go out and kill people it. yeah what if I tweeted one day that the CIA and the Mossad were going to attempt to frame me and then torture me to death? And then four hours after that tweet, I was found dead in an ocean. What would you think? You think that it was just an accident that the timing of my tweet was suspicious and then I naturally drowned? I'm asking you that question for a reason. I'm asking you because it's actually happened to somebody. And this story that I read completely sent a shiver up my spine. I think that it will send one up yours as well. A lot of people were sending me information claiming, get this, and I'm going to be clear, this, this sounded to me like a conspiracy theory, that Jeffrey Epstein was a part of our intelligence agencies, right? That he was actually operating a blackmail ring. And this is the reason why nobody would prosecute him because he was a protected CIA asset, right? So the idea is that Jeffrey Epstein would get very powerful people to attend his parties, would bring them out on the Lolita Express, would bring him to his island in the Caribbean. Remember, he somehow had enough money to purchase an entire island, Little St. James. And he would get them to sleep with women, maybe unbeknownst to them that these women were very young, and then he'd have blackmail. He recorded the acts, and then suddenly, he had control over people all around the world because, hey, if you don't do what we say, we're going to show this video of you sleeping with a 14-year-old. That sounds crazy, right? And by the way, this conspiracy theory of him operating a blackmail ring didn't come from nowhere. Actually, it came from somewhere. It came from Alexander Acosta, being just one individual that leaned into this conspiracy theory. He was a former U.S. attorney uh, who was also selected by President Trump to be the Labor Secretary of the United States. And throughout his confirmation hearings, a lot of people in the press were saying this guy allowed Jeffrey Epstein to get off scot-free. And so throughout his interviews with the Trump administration, he was asked about that. And he asked the question, is the Epstein case going to cause a problem? He explained breezily, apparently, that back in the day, he had had just one meeting on the Epstein case. He'd cut the non-prosecution deal with one of Epstein's attorneys because he, Alexander Acosta, had been told to back off that Epstein was above his pay grade. He said, quote, I was told Epstein belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone, he told interviewers in the Trump transition. 
So that obviously makes people believe that it's true, that he, Alexander Costa was simply told, hey, you gotta let this guy go, he's an asset. And that would sort of make sense as to why he kept slipping through the cracks of the legal system. But there's more, there's more stuff that is the reason that people believe that this is all true. In case you miss this in the news, Jeffrey Epstein, and by the way, you can find these articles in NBC News, the Washington Post. This is not stuff that I'm finding on some sort of conspiracy website. This is known in the mainstream media that all of this is true. So Jeffrey Epstein used a foreign passport with a fake name to enter several countries in the 1980s, including the United Kingdom, Spain, and Saudi Arabia. That is weird. The passport contained a photo of Epstein with a different name and listed his place of residence as Saudi Arabia. That's according to federal prosecutors. Now, how bizarre is that? It's a fake name which lists his residence in Saudi Arabia. Who would have the power to issue a fake passport to Jeffrey Epstein? It's a fact that he had a fake passport. It's a fact that he used that fake passport to enter, enter different countries. It is a fact that nobody can explain how he was wealthy enough to purchase, to purchase an island. It is a fact that he kept slipping through the legal system. It is a fact that Alexander Acosta said that he was told to let him go. Who would have that much power? Then, of course, was the strange case of Ghislaine Maxwell and her father. Her father... Uh, died under mysterious circumstances. This is from a Washington Post article in 1991. The father's name was Robert Maxwell. The article says, Maxwell, whose body was recovered from the Atlantic Ocean off the Canary Islands last Tuesday after he disappeared from his yacht, was buried late this afternoon in Judaism's most prestigious spot, the cemetery of Jerusalem's Mount of Olives facing the Western Wall. His funeral service in Jerusalem's Hall of the People was attended by a host of Israeli politicians led by Prime Minister Shamir and President Herzog. Jeffrey Epstein was linked to the Mossad and the CIA and that he was an asset. And what added to that theory, I should say, because I'm cannot confirm this, I don't want you to walk away and say, can't confirm this is true, is that Ghislaine Maxwell's father had a lot of power, a lot of power in Israel. I mean, how, how powerful a person you have to be to get both the president and the prime minister to attend your funeral. And he also died in mysterious circumstances. Uh, well, let's not forget who Ghislaine Maxwell was. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Forgot about that. You know she's tied into Israeli dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. She's got huge ties into the bank of Mossad. Let's not forget there was, is that possible? Is it, let's, let's, let's take away the possible part because we all know it's possible in the eighties to be floating around using a different name and a passport. Where are you getting that? The only place you're getting that CIA. They're the only people that do that. Mm -hmm. They have a whole shop that does that. All right. Um, it's called their cover shop and they, they give you a, a very good cover. Trust me. It is, it is defense defensible. All right. It means you have a backstop. Your story has a backstop. Um, now, is this possible? Yes. Think about it. If the CIA set up cameras all over Little St. James to get all these people, who do you think they got? They got American businessmen. Yeah, they got American congressmen. They got American senators. They got American. They got American everything. Because don't get me wrong. The rest of the world is a bunch of sickos, but so is America. So is the elitist class in America. You want to know who they got? 
Because, you know, now that little St. James is shut, shut down and like they poured concrete into the tunnels, temple, the tunnels under the temple and all, yep. all that good shit, they had to move their brothels to other places. Really? Such as? Except they're not as well protected now, apparently. Such as Boston. Really? Boston? Earlier today, three individuals were arrested and charged in federal court with operating a sophisticated high-end brothels in Cambridge, in Watertown, and in Eastern Virginia. These establishments were allegedly promoted through two different websites, bostontop10.com and browneyesgirlsva.blog. The three individuals behind these websites facilitated the movement of predominantly Asian women across the United States for sex trafficking and sexual a commercial sex ring, exploiting them in the process. This commercial sex ring was built on secrecy and exclusivity, catering to a wealthy and well-connected clientele. And business was booming until today. It's alleged that the prospective sex buyers in this scheme first had to respond to a survey and provide information online including their driver's license photos, their employer information, credit card information, and they often paid a monthly fee to be part of this illicit club. The affidavit that's unsealed in court today alleges that once the buyers were verified, they were then texted and allowed to place orders for, with commercial sex workers. They would choose the duration of this encounter they wanted, the types of services they wanted, and they also would receive a menu of different options and different women that they could purchase. Sometimes it rates between $350 and $600 an hour. The menu included photographs of the various women who were available that day. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me that's not sick. Tell me that's not. No, Leo, it was that blog. You're safe. Dot <laughs> <laughs> blog, Leo. You're good. Just because you were looking for the brown-eyed girls. I get it. They didn't get your website, dear. You're okay. <laughs> Sphinctershoot.com is still safe. Leo, you can go get Sphinctershoot.com. No, I'm, That's I'm pretty yours. sure that one was taken. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Poopshoot.com is taken, but Sphinctershoot. The Grandma Tommy has that one. <laughs> no, look, the debate last night. Did y'all watch? I didn't. Fuck you know no. why? Because you, you know why I didn't watch? This is the reason I didn't watch. Donald Trump won that debate and he wasn't even there. Dude. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. So, Hold on. Wait. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. Meet, meet the press covered it perfectly. For once, meet the press covered it. <laughs> you mean meet the press got this right? Meet no way. Check no it way. Wait, listen. No Let's way. just listen. All right. And welcome to a special edition of Meet the Press Now, coming to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida, as we count down to the third Republican presidential debate hosted by NBC News. I'm Garrett Hake, live from our NBC News debate hall spin room, where we are just hours away from five Republican candidates taking the stage. Tonight, it's arguably a game of survival, as the field faces major questions about the state of their own campaigns and the state of this race, with frontrunner Donald Trump maintaining his commanding lead and once again skipping the contest. This is Ron DeSantis, an establishment rhino that wears insoles in his boots in order to look taller, and this is Nikki Haley. Nobody really gives a shit about Nikki Haley. This guy is probably just a stagehand. 
who the fuck invited this guy? And this guy is probably just delivering pizzas. Anyway, nobody cares about these bullshit rhino debates, especially when you know that Donald Trump is going to kick some ass tonight. Young man, there's no need to feel down. I said, young man, pick yourself up. I sent you a better one. I, I did send you a better one. I, I Mine was better. Mine was funnier. Mine was the, uh, like, we were watching Monday Night Football. Oh, before I forget, tonight, there is no TNT. I got to cut tonight. Unfortunately, I got to work tomorrow. We're off Saturday, so my mm. bad. I got to cut tonight. My bad. But, uh, hey, uh, y'all still wondering if uh, DeSantis is wearing pumps or not? Check this out because I'm pretty sure DeSantis is still wearing pumps and uh, it's pretty ugly. It is, it is, it is. Here it is. This is, uh, uh, this is funny. So you remember that the, the big rumor is that DeSantis has had like nine inch lifters in his boots. Oh, Check this out. They're only three inches. His boots almost killed him. This is classic. Oh, I almost fell off the stage. Yep. I almost pulled He's the Joe Biden. Oh, mm -mm. look at him walking too. He looks like he looks like he's walking up on like a lifted soul. He does. I know, Ron. Ron, why are you wearing the pumps? You ain't got the dress on. If you're gonna put the pumps on, put the dress on, bitch. Just saying. The rest of us would appreciate that. Okay. Well, for real. The Santimonious. The sanctimonious. The sanctimonious. You're going to bring him up first right off the bat? Sure, um, I would have started somewhere else, but. Well, no, this is uh, the, the the third presidential debate in three minutes. Oh, okay. This is the actual coverage. Here of, you go. This is all you need to of, know in three minutes. NBC this said, is or all, actually the Washington Post. This is all you need to know in three minutes. Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. And he said Republicans were going to get tired of winning. Well, we saw last night, I'm sick of Republicans losing. Well, I can talk about President Trump. I can tell you that I think he was the right president at the right time. I don't think he's the right president now. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. We need a president and a candidate who will actually help our base solidify and attract independent voters into our party. Well, and I'll say this about Donald Trump. Anybody who's going to be spending the next year and a half of their life focusing on keeping themselves out of jail and courtrooms cannot lead this party or this country. Right, and it needs to be said plainly. What would you do? What would you be urging Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to do? The first thing I said to him when it happened was I said, finish them finish them. And the reason is I worked on this every day when I was at the United Nations. And we have to remember that they have to, one, eliminate Hamas, two, support Israel with whatever they need, whenever they need it, and three, make sure we bring our hostages home. I would be telling Bibi, finish the job once and for all with these butchers, Hamas. I would tell him to smoke those terrorists on his southern border. And then I'll tell him as president of the United States, I'll be smoking the terrorists on our southern border. Not only do you have the responsibility and the right to wipe Hamas off of the map, 
we will support you. We will be there with you. We'll stand shoulder to shoulder. There will be no daylight. Uh, the fact is that Israel and their intelligence community failed. They failed here and they failed the people of the state of Israel. And so we need to work closely and better together to make sure, one, that they're degraded, and two, that we know everything that's going on inside the Gaza Strip, when it's going on, so that something like this can't happen to kill 1,400 individuals again. It was my home state of Ohio, I'm upset about this, yesterday, that passed a constitutional amendment that now effectively codifies a right to abortion all the way up to the time of birth without parental consent. Why? It's back to that Republican culture of losing. This is an issue that should be decided in each state. And I trust the people of this country, state by state, to make the call for themselves. Uh, you got to do a better job on these referenda. I think of all the stuff that's happened to the pro-life cause, uh, they have been caught flat-footed on these referenda, and they have been losing the referenda. And what I'll tell you is, as much as I'm pro-life, I don't judge anyone for being pro-choice, and I don't want them to judge me for being pro-life. So when we're looking at this, there are some states that are going more on the pro-life side. I welcome that. There are some states that are going more on the pro-choice side. I wish that wasn't the case, but the people decided. Thank God I didn't watch it. So, whatever. I, I can't even. You know what? That's why I didn't watch it. Mm -hmm. Anybody that ends up in second place is just the first loser. All right? These are all your second place candidates. All right. There was, hold on. Go to Vivek first. Now, go to Vivek, because I'm sorry. We need to listen. This was, I sent it to you. I sent his whole bit to you. Mm. I most certainly did. I know I did. I know for a fact I did. And I'm sorry, we have to watch this because I don't like Vivek very much. I really don't. I think he's a pompous little smug bitch. I probably beat the shit out of him in person. But he said something last night that really fucked up. Oh, really? It was this one. It came up as something else. It came up as something different. For some reason, it keeps popping up as something different. Uh, well, I sent it to you. I know. I it know did. because for some but for some reason I kept it's this one, right? Yeah, well, that's the funny one. That's the funny fucking one. That's the one that's hysterical. That's the one you should should have played, but not not a big deal. Let me find it. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you again. Play the next thing. But I do really want to bring up the vet because that he kind of really did hit the ball out of the park last night. And his I don't like him at all, but I like what he said last night. What he said last night, I think every Republican should listen to because that is the most important thing that took place last night. Oh, I know what one does. And 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 he said it with it's his yeah, it's where he goes, why why should you run? I think I think I already I already had it, which is why I didn't put it. No, anywhere. this is the this is the exact same one no, you just said. This me. is the one uh, no, it's not. This one. No, that's not the one I sent you. That's the one about the heels. That's hysterical. No, this reaction shot of both the Santos and Nikki Haley. Yeah, that's that's the heels. That's the heels comment. That's you okay. can play it if you want. That's the heels comment. That's funny, but it's not the one I. That's not the one I sent you. I sent you another one that had all of the Vex comments in there, which were really good. It was his opening statement to the. All right. I don't well, know the council, whatever the fuck they called it. The fact of the matter is, the Republican Party is not that much better. You have the likes of Nikki Haley, who stepped down from her time at the UN. Bankrupt or in debt is, was her family. 
Then she becomes a military contractor. She joins the board of Boeing and otherwise, and is now a multimillionaire. So I think that that's wrong when Republicans do it or Democrats do it. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's gonna put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage Mr. Now. thank you. Senator, uh, Senator Scott. The fact of the matter is the Republican, the fact of the matter is the Republican. Wait, no. wait, wait, did he say in which case we have two, <laughs> two of, them of them on stage yes. tonight? Hold on. Nick, which case we've got two of them on stage tonight. <sighs> Nikki Haley's obviously up there, so she's probably wearing three-inch heels. And Ron DeSantis is and the other one. Ron is also that's up there. And that's hysterical. who he was talking about, which was fucking hysterical. That is hysterical. I, I, I'm trying to find this other one because I want to play this one. This is the one. Okay, you hold on, hold on. Yes, I did. I sent it to you. I know I did. No, you didn't. Because I just looked through everything you sent oh me today God. and it wasn't there. I know I did. I've sent it to you in either Instagram and or well, you Twitter. Say- it's one of the two. I don't know which. I sent it to you on one of them. That's it right now. Just play that. This is most important because this is he really did. I I, I don't like him. I, I really don't. I I think he's a pompous smug bitch, but he said the right shit last night, believe it or not. It's scary, but he did. And uh, he, he kind of did a really good job. And if there's somebody that scored points last night with me, this one did because he really exposed some dark shit here. Check this out. Yeah, Vivek could never score points since he made his million. Well, I got you on that. But what he talks about, pharma. what he talks about when it comes to the Republican Party here, this is kind of this this cuts deep. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you? Uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. Do you think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Let me turn to Governor Governor Christie. Why are you? Hey, I'm sorry. You might not like him. And I don't. I don't understand. Understand I don't like him. But what he said right there and how he played Kristen Welker, you have got to sit there and say, all right, maybe this guy does have half a nut. I mean, he might have half a nut. He doesn't have a full nut. He's not 
Lance, he's definitely still Lance Armstrong. He's missing one of his nuts, but he, he did just fucking lay her out in one shot and then continue. I wish he let her answer. I wish he demanded an answer out of her. Say, why did you promote that? I, I wish he made it a bigger deal than he did, but what he said wasn't wrong. He what he was calling Republicans out on ain't wrong. They lost pretty big the other night. Not in not in consequential races, but you still see the tide didn't turn like the Republicans said it would. So it's still not bad enough yet. Yet all of us are scrapping to get by. We're working two, three jobs just to put food on the table. And people are bitching about it, but they refuse to point the finger where the finger belongs, which why does your party mean that much to you? We need to get rid of political parties in this country and just say, fuck it. We're people. Mm -hmm. We're one people. You either do what we say. And if you don't do it, Ride your happy ass the fuck out of it, especially if the majority says, yeah, you ain't doing it. Well, here's how the people really feel. Here's how Scranton, Joe's hometown, feels about him. The Scranton, Scranton, Pennsylvania, outside the childhood home of President Joe Biden. On election day in 2020, he came back here, went inside, and wrote a message on one of the walls that simply said, from this house to the White House. He's up for re-election again in 2024, so we decided to come here to Scranton, his hometown, walk the streets, and ask the people here what they really think about their president. What do you feel about our current president? He's okay. He needs to get the hell out of the White House. He's ruined this country. This country's in a hole. He's pretty much the kind of guy who should be a mirror screen instead of President of the United States. What would you like to see him do moving forward? I don't know. I would like to see him try again with student debt. Uh, I would like to see him work on our healthcare system. Uh, he's running the country, that's cool. Yeah, have you seen some of the videos circling of uh, him falling? And stumbling? I have, seen, I have seen those, yeah. Do you feel like he's maybe too old to be president? I think, I think all the politicians are too old. We need young people in there. I wanna ask you, he said, you're not black if you don't vote for me. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you about to find out. <laughs> Does it worry you thinking that there could be a whole nother four years with Biden as president? Uh, I feel if he'd be a president again, I don't know where America gonna be. <laughs> I'm not saying like we don't like him, but we appreciate for this thing that he did, but like he needs to do a better job. Like you could you could do a good job and a better job. Like he needs to do a better job. Like what Trump did was better than what he's doing right now. Do you feel that he represents the people of his hometown of Scranton? Well, no, he's not even from here. He only been here what for two years and since he was a little kid. No, get out of here. Do you feel like our country was better when Trump was in office? Yes, I do. Okay, so I'm a transgender person. So I personally believe that Trump has a lot out for people in the LGBTQ plus community. However, he has done a lot of good for socioeconomical growth. And I can't blame him for being that way because he is a businessman. He knows what America needs at heart, which is economical growth. Would you vote for him again? Biden? No. 
I'd vote for Trump. I'm a veteran and Trump's a, a big veteran proponent. So absolutely. I, I'm probably more of like a third party ticket looking for uh, alternatives to the uh, the two party system. So I think it's safe to say you would not vote for him in 2020. Hell, I'm voting for Trump. If it was between Trump and Biden, who's your pick? Um, no comment, but not Biden. So. <laughs> Damn. No comment, but that not ain't, Biden. That ain't good when you can't win over your own hometown. Well, honestly, I, I think about it, though. Everybody's hometown hates them. Yeah, but everybody's hometown isn't the president of the United States. Except, except anyway, apparently check ours. this chick out because it kind of reminded me of one of those women in there. Kind of scared me. This is what cops deal with. This is what cops deal with on a daily basis, just so you're aware. This is a Biden supporter for you. This is some scary shit, folks. Think about being a police officer. Think about being the police officer in this situation. What's going on? Nothing. Why are you driving in the wrong way of traffic? No, I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. Okay. I just got changed around. Okay. Do you understand what's going on, though? Yes. You're going into oncoming yes. traffic. I know. And I just decided that it was better just to turn around and really Place. Okay. But I'm sorry. I just have like really bad social anxiety and stuff. I get you. I don't want to step out whenever you're asking for stuff. Okay. Well, we're past that. So just go ahead and step out. As an indigenous person. And... Right back here, please. Miss Perry? Am I... Well, I'm non binary, so. Okay. What do you go by? Kai. How can I refer to you tonight? Kai? Kai? Okay. Hey, I'm smelling alcohol. I know. How much have you consumed tonight? Probably through drink. I need to run you through some tests right now. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety. You and me both. Okay. Okay. Any recent head trauma, traumatic brain injuries, anything I need to know about? Uh, mental, yes. <laughs> Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're, You're just like trying to intimidate me. I don't know how I'm trying to do that. This is the test. As you know, as an indigenous person and there's a bunch of going around, I'm sorry, but it's just for me to be on my toes. I get you. Can you remember that I told you that I'm non-binary? Yeah, I'll try my hardest. I'll refer to you as Kai, right? Yes. Perfect. I need to know if you have any injuries or anything that would prevent you from doing a standard walk or a turn tonight mental health um any physical injuries mental yeah <laughs> but no, i'm just saying okay i get you what else you want now with your right foot place it in front of your left in a heel to toe touching manner with your arms by your side just like this ma'am can you not call me ma'am please i'm trying my hardest okay cool Okay. It means a lot to me. I'm trying my hardest. All right, let oh me tell you something. God. Let me tell you something. This fucking stupid bitch, look, bitch, you're drunk. All right, the cop already knows it. You're the fact an indigenous, non-binary, socially anxious, mentally retarded, retarded drunk dipshit. Person. You're a dipshit. You're going to jail. Go to jail and shut up. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Just go sleep it off fucking in a fucking drunk Christ. tank. You're an idiot. I'm sorry, that other woman in that video before when she was breathing very heavy <sighs> made me remind reminded me of this bitch because she was at think about cops today. Seriously. How folks, imagine me pulling you over and you're one of these woke bitches.
the first time that you tell me that you're socially anxious, I'm going to do everything in my power to push your buttons. I'm going to call you ma'am. I'm going to call you sir. I'm going to call you Billy Bob Jean. I'm going to call you a <laughs> stupid bitch. And you know what? I don't care what my fucking sergeant sees on my camera because I'm going to fuck with you hardcore just because I know it will make CNN that night. That's the whole reason I'm going to do with it. It's this is the dumbest shit in the world. Are you kidding me? Well, you know what? When cops, when you get pulled over by a cop, you tell a cop that you have PTSD. The first question they're going to ask is if you served in the military. The second that you say you didn't, man, they are going to treat you like shit. What could you possibly have PTSD from that you could be suffering from? That you've never served in the military and you've never gone to war. I have PTSD from you. Does that count? No. <laughs> I mean, the house was kind of like a war zone for a long time. No. <laughs> I'll tell you when you get there. You're still not there yet. Childbirth. No, nope. that shit's seriously traumatic. It's actually. not. Yeah, it's traumatic, but it's beautiful. There's nothing kidney, about it. Kidney that's... stones was worse. There's nothing beautiful kidney about stones? that. Okay, There's I'll give you. You know what? You know what? With kidney stones. You know what? I didn't piss for six days, so yes, <laughs> I completely understand about kidney stones. Yeah. That gave me some fucking PTSD. <laughs> yeah. When I pissed that bitch out in a bucket, and it hit the bucket, and I heard it. Yeah, you're right. That gave me some fucking. That gave me some PTSD because I knew my dick was never going to be right ever since that point again. <laughs> I mean, I literally pissed out a stone about that fucking big. You could fucking see. I picked it up out of the piss. You are right, Duppy. Victimhood training to get out of responsibility. That's that's what that's it exactly is. Exactly what it is. It's exactly what Be it is, Duppy. Be a victim. I'm a victim. Look at me. I was drunk driving because I had to because the white man said I had to. Where did you get that message from? Oh, it was in my mind. Oh, so you, oh, okay. You hear voices and, okay. So do you. No, I don't hear them. They're talked at me. <laughs> they ain't in my mind. Trust me. They ain't in my fucking head. Oh, all right. Well, I'm I, talked at. Listen, that woman. Much is, like this dumb retard. Is not the stupidest person on the planet. No. No. <laughs> he is by he far. Is. And Jimmy Carter is the happiest man alive. He really is. Is there ever anything America set its mind to as a nation? we've done together we haven't succeeded not a joke ever anything yes what 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 what, what say, play that again please i i'm confused is there ever anything america set its mind to as a nation Pause. we've done together we haven't succeeded oh, not a joke fine. is there ever anything america has ever succeeded without trying no no is there any ever anything as america as a nation has set its mind to that we haven't succeeded. that we've not succeeded at that's not a joke oh okay vietnam whoa whoa babe that's a low blow afghanistan whoa holy shit i mean he asked I'm just answering the question, right? That's low, but like, babe, babe, there's a lot of people that served. You can't say that. That's it's not there. It's not the people that served fault. It's the fucking fucktards no, in the fucking government. Yeah, but you can't say that because you know how we're going to take it. We're not going to take it as a win. We're going to take it as a loss. We're going to, it's man's natural acuity to say you're no. You're right. Or you're right. You're right. 
how about leaving Afghanistan? There you go. That sounds better. Okay. And all of Vietnam. <laughs> it's fucked up stuff. It's true though. It's so fucked up. Doesn't change how fucked up. I it know. Is. And wages are actually going up. Not just in your industry, but wages are going up. It's a fancy way of saying is median household wealth has grown by 37% since the pandemic. Where? What? Where? Where? What? Where? Are you 37% richer than you were before the pandemic? Wait, what did, 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 where, where the fuck did that money go, babe? Listen, all right, seriously? I, I'm 37% percent richer. my credit rating is shit right now because my credit cards are maxed the fuck out. Yeah, debt to income ratio is fucked. You, you, 37 okay i mm -hmm. 37 percent higher 37 percent magic number folks 37 that's the answer from now on for the rest of the week if you ask me a question it will be 37 percent okay. ask me a question babe um where's all the money go it's 37 percent fuck babe 37 percent could go a long way 37 percent. i know i i would have a bigger dick 37 <laughs> percent bigger i watched it before i watched it as a kid i watched it as a senator i watched what happened in my community it changed everything where what? wait what are you yelling about yeah no shit what are you angry about why are you yelling i watched it as a kid i did I mean, okay, but what? What about it? What I, about the kid? I, I I don't know. I don't know. He got booed basically off the oh, stage of well, this too. Getting, this this that, is bad. I hope you so. I hope you guys have a memory. Yeah. Uh, what? Okay, I hope you have a memory. I hope you so. He was gonna call them sobs. Yeah. Uh huh. Sons of bitches. Yeah, I hope you have a memory. Uh, okay. Well, about what? About what? 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 What exactly are we talking, Joe? I'm still confused. I mean, nobody knows. What? What was he talking about? Nobody knows. No. I hope you. Knows. I hope you sobs know what. Know what? Nobody knows. This. This guy. This is the problem. This is the problem. Do you want an answer? This is the problem. Nobody knows. My dad ran an auto. He didn't own it. He ran an automobile agency for a long time. No, 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 let, let it go. Let it. No. No, don't let it. It's okay. Anyway, look, I guess what I'm trying to say to you is I grew up in neighborhoods where I know the likes when the plant closes down. Well, folks, uh, that shows Joe. you that shows you that um, one more time. Joe's not the Joe's definitely the problem. One more time. Joe is the problem. He doesn't give a fuck. 
The second that the chips are down, he puts his hands on the front of the fucking podium. He grabs it like he's trying to be earnest. And then he sits there and he weeps and he says stupid shit because that's what this report does. That's where we're at. Well, you know, he could have just answered their question because he did it here. Well, I, he doesn't want to talk about it. No possibility of a Gaza ceasefire. Yeah. None. No possibility. Well, yeah, Benjamin Netanyahu already said that. Because it's not on us. Good. Good. No, let him. I know. Let them do it. Folks, we need to stay the fuck out of this. This is, we need to be so far the fuck out of this that we don't even know what's going on over there. But we're not. No, no. We're, um, we're about knee deep in this motherfucker. And let me tell you something. This is going to bite us in the ass. Well, Hakeem Jeffries is nose deep in something, but. Outside groups are threatening to primary incumbent Democrats who support a ceasefire in Gaza. There are a number of vulnerable incumbents in your in your caucus. Cory Bush, Jamal Bowman, Summer Lee, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib. Are you going to dedicate resources to defending those Democratic incumbents? Many of those individuals uh, are people who I've clearly indicated uh, I'm going to support all of our members from whatever part of the conference uh, or caucus they come from in terms of their ability to be able to communicate with the people that they represent. Please pause that, pull that video back. He looks so Halfway pale. To What's the, wrong with the I and Jeffries. Pull it back to the, keep going, keep going right about the middle of the screen right now, right about there. Stop, hit play. There's a reason for this. Trust me, I'm going to tell you in one second as soon as it catches up to itself because it's just spinning right now because it's stupid. Can you reset the whole video and bring it back up? Or play it back from the beginning and drag it forward, maybe? And we'll do that. I just want to get to the picture of all the people that were standing there in that little crowd because I have a question for every American in here. And it's a serious question. And I, I, I think you will... <gasps> I think you will all understand the second I say this. As soon as we play it. I'm going to have to reset it's the whole stupid. thing. Cause... Yeah, I know. It, I, I'm, why won't it let us... It only lets us play it once. It doesn't make any sense. That's so weird. Fucking X being stupid. We'll fix it, though. We got it. We got it. So bring it forward uh, about to the halfway point right under... Right there. Leave it right there. I got a question for all of the Americans in here. Which one of these people look American to you? Jamal Brown. Summer Lee, maybe. Maybe Summer Lee. I'd Corey give Bush Summer too. Lee. I give some no, I won't give Corey Bush, nor would I give Rashida Tlaib, nor would I give Ileana Omar. So my question is this. Why are we going to waste money on Americans? Or non-Americans that don't even believe in the state. They don't even believe in the country. They don't want the United States to exist. If they are supporting Hamas, they are supporting the destruction of the United States. Mm -hmm. I already told you what Hamas does to faggots, what they do to queers, what Muslims do to, especially if you're retarded. If you're retarded, you, you'll get killed in Islam. 
Well, you know what? That's a a great lead into this. I, I just wonder what's going to happen when Islam takes control of this country. Uh, it's coming soon. Because literally, the more and more I watch this, the more and more I think Islam's coming here to American shores. Yeah. And uh, Islam is going to the, be the majority of the religion here in America. We're going to play a game called Hamas or. There is no law against raping your wife. Is this Hamas or the Taliban? The Taliban? The answer was Hamas. Oh, wonderful. This law makes it nearly impossible for women and kids to submit claims of incest. Is that Hamas or North Korea? North Korea? The answer was Hamas. Wow. Women of all ages legally need a male guardian to travel. Is that Hamas or ISIS? ISIS. The answer was Hamas. Oh, yeah, that's... In an honor killing, it is basically legal for men to murder women and girls if they are promiscuous. Is that Hamas or the Taliban? Taliban? The answer was Hamas. Uh, this is a real terrorist organization. They're not freedom fighters. Hamas was just every one of them. This seems so unfair for women. Thanks for educating me. I think women of color, uh, women generally, uh, LGBTQ individuals, everyone needs to know like who they're supporting. What the fuck? What have I been saying from the fucking beginning? These little fags would get tossed off a roof. That's what's going to happen to them. Let them go first. Let them be the human. Maybe South Park had it right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Fuck. We'll have the queer wave go first. I, I, I'm serious. What else is there? I mean, can they fake PMS? Because we're much more lethal when we're. <laughs> on the rag guys can't i mean but trans guys can bleed trans people they they fake having a period right do they and they stick what? tampons up their ass and shit what what do they use ketchup i don't know <laughs> anyway Didn't I tell you that eventually they'd start eating their own? Ooh, the Palestinians are at the headquarters of BlackRock, screaming, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. Why? Because BlackRock supports the United States military. Because the U.S. military's pension fund is through a BlackRock account. Okay, so now here's Didn't some... Didn't know that, did you? Here's some craziness. Do you remember? No, this is conspiracy theory still. You remember? This is conspiracy theory. I know. Because I haven't proved any one of these videos, and I've seen these videos before, I think at least. So, I don't know if it's conspiracy theory now because I believe the Israeli government verified it. Did they? Yes. However. With a, an Apache helicopter. Mm -hmm. Really? Apparently. So it was a friendly fire incident. So you remember... Well, and we'll get to it. We'll play this first. We'll get to that in a sec. We'll get to the rest of it in a second. Just watch this. 
So apparently, when Hamas initially attacked on October 7th, they did send people. Israel dispatched three gunships, Apache helicopters, three Apache helicopters to the southern Gaza border where they broke where they broke through the fence. Israel and, admits Apache helicopters fired on their own civilians running from the Supernova Music Festival. Quote, the bad. pilots realized that there was tremendous difficulty in distinguishing within the occupied outposts and settlements who was a terrorist and who was a soldier or civilian. The rate of fire against the thousands of terrorists was tremendous at first, and only at a certain point did the pilots begin to slow down the attacks and carefully select their targets. So you guys remember how... Afterwards, this is what the cars looked like from the music festival. Regular fire doesn't do that. Fire from an Apache helicopter does. Well, not necessarily. Stand by. Whoa. Time. Slow your roll. Look, some of those cars that look like they're beaten from above. Yeah. Because you got to understand a 30 caliber machine gun round leaves a very distinctive hole. And so far... I ain't seen many in the roofs of those cars. I see a lot of gunshots through the sides. I see a lot of shots from if somebody was standing level with the car. I don't see a lot of shit from the roof. Those that small batch right there, yeah. Okay. Did they did they shoot up some cars? Yeah, there's a possibility. Is there a possibility that but hey, that legitimately would be called down as the fog of war. Seriously. That's what we call it. It's the fog of war. Look, when shit's going on, sometimes you light up your own. You, you, you don't know. You see people running and it looks bad. You're above. All you can do is hope that what you're doing is making a difference. And that's what it comes down to. But this shit, I mean, I, I don't know exactly. They weren't able to describe who was attacking who look you got some guys who got some trigger happy fingers you're gonna have that they've been training their whole lives for this they got a shot to do it um did they hit the wrong targets possibly i i hate to hear it it sucks but look the israelis will understand it if one people will understand it, the Israelis will. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, you know what they were doing? They're trying to protect us. Same thing Americans would say. I mean, the American families would be pissed, but. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just telling you, is fog of war is no joke, folks. You don't know who's shooting at what and when they're shooting. And if you're driving erratically and you're not following commands of somebody and you get lit the fuck up. Shit happens. Look, happened in Iraq a hundred times, hundred hundred billion times in Iraq. Do you know how many times I heard about an Abrams emptying its ready box into a car of soccer fans? Yikes! That were returning from a stadium because they were all happy that their soccer team won, and they ran a checkpoint. And a ready box inside an Abrams is an all dump load. Once you start it, you can't stop it. It turns every gun cyclic. Every gun goes cyclic. 
and it burns what's ever in the ready box. The ready box will burn a thousand rounds in less than a second. You will cut a hole in a car about the size. Eh, it's pretty big. It's at, at distance. It, it gets pretty big, probably about the size of a really big medicine ball. Well, since that's come out now, they're, they're doing a daily ceasefire to allow civilians to come out of Gaza. See, all I think they're letting the terrorists do is get mm -hmm. away. Palestinian officials say Israeli ground forces are about two miles outside the heart of downtown. They've been steadily advancing as relentless missile strikes reduce much of the area to rubble. With troops now on their doorstep, Palestinians who have remained in the combat zone are now fleeing in droves. And Scripps News just learned John Kirby announced that Israel will begin to implement humanitarian pauses in areas of northern Gaza each day with an announcement to be made three hours beforehand. Uh, Rob, this process is starting today. That's huge news. Yeah. You know, again, in the northern part of the country where most of the fierce fighting is happening right now, and you have to believe a lot of that happened because of American right. pressure. Mm -hmm. So uh, we will continue to keep an eye uh, on that. But that certainly is uh, some progress there on more than one level. Meantime, negotiations are also reportedly, reportedly underway for a three-day humanitarian ceasefire in Gaza. Sources tell the AP the pause would be aimed at securing the release of about a dozen or more hostages held Bullshit. They're not going to secure the release of any hostages. Look, this is all stall tactics. I've seen this before. Stall tactics are about, oh, we're going to release hostages, but we're not. Mm -hmm. Why do we do this? Because it allows our fighters to get in better positions. It allows our fighters to restock, refit, refuel, rearm. Those three re's are the problem with what Israel's doing. Let Israel do Israel. Mm -hmm. Stop calling for a fucking ceasefire. Let Israel do Israel. Let them take care of it. They will. They are better at it than we are. Trust me. The IDF is better at this than we are. They don't give a fuck. They will wipe through them. Fine. Let me tell you something. Anything left in Gaza right now is Hamas. They're looking for a fight. Well, it is just about tribute time. It and is, and we got to drop the pill. We got to drop right? the Red Pill Project. So, um, Red Pill Project anybody? tomorrow night, mm -hmm. five forty-five, six p.m. for the pre, or five forty-five for the pre-show, six p.m. for the regular show. You can check her out tomorrow morning, nine oh five or eight oh eight o'clock for the good, good book. book. You can check out Miss Liana, lovely Liana, mm -hmm. over at nine oh five on Pilled or Rumble, and you can check out Vince at Morning Coffee at eleven thirty. Yep. So till then, Red Pill Stream. Take care. Have a great night. We'll see you later. Peace. Peace for the rest Red of you Hill. fuckers. You want to get high? I think you do. You know what time it is. If you can smoke it, if it's legal for you, go ahead. Let's guzzle it down for the J-Man. Hit it. Craig, love you, buddy. Good to see you, brother. Hold on, give me a second. I gotta do this.
veterans. Hey, this weekend, uh, if you're a veteran, you get a good discount from Freedom special, Gardens. Special promo from our friend across the, pro- the pond who paid it forward once again. So, uh, veterans, use promo code VET. For seven people, get $17 off their order. Oof. Yep, $17 off your order, which is like shipping plus some on a smaller order or all, almost all the shipping on a larger order. $17 off your order for the first seven people at electrofreedom.com with promo code VET. So someone else has already paid. So you veterans, seven of you yep. will get, hey, you basically get it free shipping. Yeah. You're basically getting free shipping out of it. $17 off your order for the first seven people to use promo code VET at electrofreedom.com. Of course, now, of course, Le- Liana, of course you can. You can do that. Um, you just let us know because yet she wants to do another tribute. smoke break. Because yeah, I, I did that I did that. She did to that her to her the other day. And today, I guess. Today. You've done it twice I now. do it to her all the time, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up. I like three times a week. I'm like, Liana, can we tribute a second time? You completely miss it. Uh, always in Texas said, if you want to skip the musical intro, it's, 11, it's 8, 11 in the morning for the good book. You got a 10-minute intro? No, it's not quite. No, actually, I don't. It's not that long, Always in Texas. It's like four minutes not even it's uh i play an ad and i play let's see so three four yeah it's 11 minutes it's not 11 minutes and uh (laughs) it's seven minutes it's seven minutes thank you very much well he might be getting to the book reading outside of your message no true that i'm just saying which we discussed today. What did you discuss today? I mean, the same thing that we just discussed about Israel and Hamas. We discussed that today. Because <laughs> really? that's always how that goes. Yeah. I mean, literally, God laid out the boundaries of Israel, and it's from the river to the sea. <laughs> wow. So, oh. Potent that we're talking about it tonight. <laughs> exactly. But we finished numbers and we started on Deuteronomy this morning. Yeah, Deuteronomy um, is a motherfucker. Just but, wait, that's a mind burner. Yeah. Yeah. All Deuteronomy right. always. When I was in grade school growing up, I went to a Catholic school when I was a kid. Um, one of the things that always screwed me up as a kid was Deuteronomy. Like um, our priest wanted us to memorize certain parts in Deuteron- Deuteronomy, and I. Man, I tried as hard as I could. I, you know, I was like, man, I don't want to let this guy down, but fuck, I couldn't remember a goddamn thing in Deuteronomy. I couldn't remember anything. And I remember it was the first time that I ever cussed in church. <laughs> and uh, I remember the punishment I got. I got smacked as hard as I've ever been smacked my whole entire <laughs> life by this sister. She she was no joke. She drew this left out of fucking right field. And I'll tell you what, when it hit me in the face, it smacked my tongue clear across my mouth. I was like, damn, that is that you got some you got some gusto there, sister. And um, I remember walking out of the church going, I think I remember something out of Deuteronomy now because I'll never forget it. 13.5. I will never forget it. Why? Because the second that I was getting smacked in the face. The priest was saying something about Deuteronomy 35. 
And man, when my tongue hit my cheek, I was like, holy shit. Because I was like, well, fuck. Because I I couldn't, re- I don't know what it is about Deuteronomy. You can't remember the numbers for Deuteronomy. Go ahead, try. Memorize them. I dare you. I couldn't do it. I don't know what it was. It was something about Deuteronomy. Man, that, when I said, well, fuck. And man, that sister caught me faster than I've ever gotten hit before in my life. Anyway. Holy shit. Life altering. So uh, we we talked about it this morning at the beginning about doing the intros because I had a conversation last night as well about the intros. And I um, am, we're going to continue to do the intros because as the audience said, well, first off, I, what are you talking about? Conversation with who? It, you know. Um, no. Yeah, you do. So I find it fascinating that everything we read in the good book in the morning, straight out of the Bible, lines up exactly with what's going on in the world right now. It's like, I read the Bible in the morning and we read the news at night and it's the same fucking thing. Seriously. It's the same thing. However, as part of the intro, I also play brother Matt's messages one each day that he received between Easter and Pentecost. And I find it really fascinating as well that, well, first off, I feel like Matt was put in our path as it were, or given to us because it's another level of validation, constant like reinforcement of the truth, which we need as humans. We need a constant stream of truth, of validation of you're not crazy. Haven't this you already received that? Yes. Though? No, we. I have. Absolutely. Absolutely. This isn't about me anymore. Okay. This isn't about the truth for me. I'm there. I'm more than there. A lot of people are just being introduced to it, though. True. So when they hear things from us and then they hear almost the exact same thing from him who has no relation to us whatsoever, it's another level of validation for them. And it's bringing more people in. And as Slopsky said, relationships are important. That is true. So oh, by far, yes. Because mm-hmm. tell you what, relationships are where loyalty is built. And if you think about any relationship you've had in your life, loyalty has always been the core value of your relationship with that person, whoever it may be. Mm-hmm. And if you've never been very loyal to that por- person, you probably really don't have a great relationship with them. So I'm going to continue to spend five or 10 minutes in the morning doing, giving a little intro. I, I don't even know what you, you'll have to explain that to me after the show. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I don't know what you're talking about right now. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're be, while you were encouraging me and then Gabriel was encouraging me to stop doing the intro and just go right into the book. Just go right into the reading. Was that him or was that me? No, because that was him. That No, that would be me. I would be the one that would tell you to do that. No, he did too last night. And I'm not going to. I'm going to continue no, no, to do no, my no. intro. I, the point that I was making is that there's, I've gone through, I think, I'm not sure, but I've gone through a lot of the podcasts out there. Mm-hmm. There's no podcast that just reads the book. Like, 
they there's a lot that do what you do, which adds commentary to it or color to it, as it would be in the biz. Everybody would call it, oh, it's color. Oh, see, but I, I don't I don't do that. See, I, the, no, no, no. There's see, nobody the that difference, just reads the book. The difference between what I do in the mornings and what everyone else does in the mornings, right? Mm -hmm. My intro is like this morning, I talked about the chickens because as I was setting up the show, I looked out the window and I saw the entire flock of chickens was in my front garden because the gate had come loose and they thought they were allowed in there, which obviously they're not. So I went running in there and I told them all to get out and they all did pretty quickly and easily because they just needed to be told that they were in the wrong place, that they were in the wrong, going the wrong direction. Right. Mm -hmm. I try and relate something small that happens in daily life to a bigger concept about what's going on here, here with yeah. God. Yeah. And then I do my prayer and then I read the book and I make no commentary about the book. In fact, Brian was asking, are we ever going to go back and review this? No, we're not. I don't want to do that because kind of the whole point of reading it for ourselves is because I'm so tired of everybody else telling me what I should and shouldn't think about what the Bible says. I want to read it for myself. And I've come to realize that everybody gets a little bit of a different message out of it. And if I go back and give you guys my opinion of it, it might change your perspective, what you got from that message, which is most important to you because that was your message. You don't need my message. You need your message. So no, I'm not going to go back and give you guys commentary, not really about the book. I'm just going to read it as far as that goes. Because one of the things I always hated, and I, I, I got to be honest with you, there's it, it's been something that's always festered in me, and you good Catholics are all going to know what I'm talking about. We read the book, and then there's the homily. And what is the homily? You good Catholics know what I'm talking about. What is the homily? It's whatever that priest thinks the homily means to him. If, if God was so potent as he is, and if Jesus Christ was exactly who he was, why do we have to add our two cents? Why can't we just let the word speak for themselves? Think about it. You you all read Tom Clancy novels. It's not like we're reading a Tom Clancy novel here. We are literally reading a book that was written 25, 2800 years ago. Mm -hmm. And we're not saying anything. We shouldn't. Nobody should. It's a message between you and him. It's not a message between you and me. That's got nothing to do with it. You, God's going to tell you what you got to do. You just have to listen. We don't listen. What's the number one message that Gabriel has told you over and over again, babe? Listen. We do not listen. Listen. Listen all the time. Pequest said, I may have missed it, but how do you know it is the real Gabriel? How do I know? Listen, I've tested him. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. What are the tests in the Bible? Does any can anybody tell me? Um, Brother Matt actually told us about it. What are the tests in the Bible? Ask him about Jesus. First question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior? That's one question the devil cannot lie to. Why is the devil not allowed to lie to it? Because he's an archangel on assignment from God. So he cannot lie to that. So if he passes that question, the other two are pretty much gimmies. They're gimmies. Rubber stamps. Do you believe in God? Because obviously if you believe in Jesus, you have to believe in God. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? That's it. It's done. All over. Everything set forward there. But all you got to do is ask the Jesus question. How do I know I'm speaking to Gabriel? Gabriel's not only told me, but he showed me. And uh, I got that unfortunate incident in Iraq, um, in Iraq that really kind of solidified all of it. Okay. Do you want to you want to hear that again? Because maybe you're new. You might not have heard it the first time. I'm not trying to be an asshole. Um, I was sitting on a shitter. Uh, we had just gotten back from a patrol. I just ate lunch because immediately after eating the shit food I ate over there, I had about three minutes to make it to a shitter. I made it to that shitter and I was sitting on that shitter relieving myself. As I was relieving myself, the alarm sounds went off for incoming rounds. <coughs> At the time, I was still wearing my body armor. The rounds hit. One of them hit almost, I could hear the whistle. Let me tell you this. When a mortar round flies, the only time you hear the whistle is if you're within 50 feet of it under the ground. So as on the ground, so as it's coming down, the only time you hear that whistle is if you're within 50 feet of it. So dumbass heard the whistle and took off running out of the porter shitter with his pants still around his ankles. So I didn't make it very far along this short story. Um, the round hit almost immediately as I got up. And um, to this day, I cannot explain to you how I'm still alive because the guy next to me, he was dead immediately. The guy, on the other side of me, he made it like two days, I think, and then he died. And there was a hole the size of about two beer cans. And it was directly above where the shitter piece was. And it was in an upward angle. And there was an exit hole through my door in my shitter. And yet... I wasn't touched at all. I didn't have a hole in me. To this day, I can't explain how I am alive. The only thing I know is that in that fraction of a second, that that round came in and I started moving, it was like an hour or an eternity had gone by. Because some crazy shit happened. And I can tell you this, I was granted a uh, second chance, so to speak, if it were a redo. And there was something more important I had to do according to them. 
at the time. And I still at this time think I was crazy. But when I was standing there with my pants still around my ankles, I knew I wasn't crazy. And uh, everybody was looking at me like, damn, dude, how are you still alive? Like they took me to the infirmary to ensure that I had no holes in me. Did they say, did the round whap off half your, half your dick? No, 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 no. I don't have small dick syndrome from that. Nope. No, I'm just kidding. Nope. That's just, <laughs> hey, that's just being Irish. It's an Irish thing. Just telling you. If you're Irish, you're fucked. But uh, to this day, I can't explain to you how I'm still alive. I should be dead. I'm not. Can't explain it to you. That was just the first time you should have been dead. There was a few times after that. But anyway. That happens. That's how I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I want to read that one right now. Yeah, that's a. Okay. Here we go. The dystopian futures. Yes, this is good. You guys are going to love this. (laughs) Coming truck drivers. Watch it going through uh, California these days. This is getting scary. To a city near you. Dystopian future near you. On five, the LAPD deploying a robot dog to assist with an hours-long standoff on a metro bus involving an armed suspect. Everything came to a peaceful end. KTLA's Alina Bovian, live in East Hollywood with the details for us. Alina, good morning. Frank, good morning. That's right. This did come to a peaceful end. The suspect eventually surrendered to police and no one was injured. He was taken into custody without incident. You can see here behind me that the scene is all clear, but you mentioned this robot dog. This new technology really played a very big part in bringing this situation to a calm resolution. Now take a look. This is the video. You can see this robot dog with the LAPD, with the SWAT team in full action this morning. This is Melrose and Western. The armed suspect was taken into custody with the help of this robot dog. LAPD SWAT officers deployed the dog to assist, saying the use of this technology really helped resolve the situation without putting any officers or community members in harm's way. You can see in this video the suspect cooperating with officers as he surrendered. This all started around 4.30 this morning. A call came in from a passenger on the bus, a 911 call saying that another passenger was asleep and had a gun under his seat. The bus is an L.A. Metro bus, which was going northbound on Western this morning, approaching Melrose. The driver pulling over, waiting for LAPD officers to arrive. The suspect was supposedly sitting motionless and sleeping. Pretty soon, the LAPD set up a large perimeter around this area and a SWAT team was called and the robot dog was deployed to retrieve the gun from the suspect. The robot dog, as he began to approach the suspect, we're hearing he woke up, leaving the gun and ultimately surrendered to police. According to LA Metro, a handful of passengers were on the bus along with the driver and they all made it off the bus safely. The LAPD clarifying to us this was not a hostage situation. However, it's still unclear exactly what this guy's motive was and why he was armed and also why he fell asleep not waking up for several hours considering this standoff took uh, lasted about three hours. Now back out here live. No word if this guy will be facing any charges. He is in police custody. And the scene here, Melrose Western, back open at this hour. I'm Lena Bourbon reporting live. And- okay. No idea if he'll fucking receive any fucking charges. <laughs> there was a dude the other day. Oh, shit, a 
a, a fucking scratch out by the a way. zombie trank dude, <laughs> like one of those guys that was like half bent over, oh, sound shit. asleep, That's funny as fuck. with a fucking battle axe in his hand on the side of the road the other day. I think it was either in L.A. or in New York. Like, dude was completely fucked up, and he had a battle axe in his hand. This guy was asleep on a bus, and he had a gun under the seat. <laughs> and they called out a fucking robot dog for him. Are you kidding me? Dude woke up and he was like, what the fuck? Did I wake up in 1984? <laughs> fuck. Would you lose your mind? Holy if, shit. Let's say, all right, let's say you're just higher than fuck, right? You pass out and your gun pops out of your jacket while you're passed out and it lands on the floor. And you're past the fuck out. You're just sitting there in a public transportation, whatever. Everybody's done it. I used to pass out Metro North trains all the time, drunk as fuck, coming home from the city. Absolutely. I'd be sober as hell by the time I got to my car. I'd be able to drive home. Uh, but we did that all the time. This shit is like, you imagine waking up to a dog looking at you, a robot looking fucking thing going, Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, I would I would have to wonder being on public transportation at that point and there's a robot dog standing in front of me. I'd be sitting there going, "What the fuck? Where did I just wake up? Am I in America? Am I in Japan? Where Miss No, Domo no Megato, Mr. Roboto. No. No. The only thing worse would be waking up with this bitch standing over you. <laughs> Come on, Hamas. Well, press is here. <laughs> I got some words. I got the vocabulary. And my pronunciation is perfect. <laughs> sure, bitch. That, my friends, Kamala. is the vice president of the United States. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Kamala Hamas. Yes. I told I told our son the other yesterday, maybe this morning in the car. I said don't ever tell a woman that she can't make it all the way to the top without sleeping or that she can't sleep her way all the way to the top because our vice president is proof that it can happen. <laughs> we don't call our heels up Harris for nothing. <laughs> heels up Hamas. Heels up Hamas. Oh. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, go to Canada. I, I think Canada. No, no, no. Hold on. Oh, this no? one. This no? one first. Okay. okay. This this one first. Because I, I got some questions from my Canadian listeners. I think this guy has the same speechwriter as Camel Toe. No. I, I kind of do. Not Max Blumenthal, who asked the question, which was good, by the way. Um, and Sparky, don't get all pissy with Craig. We love you both. It's okay. You don't need to be angry and all the time. Have peace in your heart. Yeah, no shit, dude. Relax, bro. Smoke a joint. It's okay. Go smoke a joint, bro. Yeah. Eat some haggis. <laughs> you know, March 2021, Secretary Blinken accused China of the crime of genocide for its alleged treatment of the Uyghur minority, but he didn't accuse them of killing on any mass scale or force forcible transfer. Now we see with Israel's military assault on Gaza, something like one out of two every 200 people in the Gaza Strip has been eliminated. Over 4,000 children killed. The Ministry of Intelligence, as Sam pointed out, in Israel has published a blueprint for the forced transfer of the entire Palestinian population 
to Egypt. We have the intent to commit genocide expressed at the highest level of the Israeli government, including Netanyahu himself referring to the Palestinian population as Amalek, the biblical Amalek. So I wonder, you know, when, you, when you're accusing one country of genocide without accusing them of mass killing and then blocking ceasefires to enable another country's military assault, what metric are you using to determine genocide or is this just political rhetoric? It's certainly not political rhetoric, uh, the department, and I talked a little bit about this yesterday. We have a rigorous process uh, in place for evaluating whether something constitute as genocide or not. And that is true in any country that uh, that situation might be being looked at. Uh, that is not a term that we have assessed pertains to this current conflict. We are, of course, monitoring the evolving situation and are examining facts as they develop. Uh, this continues to be um, uh, an incredibly uh, challenging uh, and, and fraught situation, but it's also important to remember that Hamas bears responsibility for sparking this war. Uh, they have brought this tragic war uh, to Gaza. Okay, well, President Biden has accused the Russian government of genocide for its actions in Ukraine, where in two years it has killed as many civilians as Israel has killed in one month in the Gaza Strip. So how do you account for that disparity where you're assisting one country and accusing the other of genocide, when one the country you're assisting has systematically killed so many more people in one month. Those circumstances are totally and completely uh, not the same. And to make a comparison like that, candidly, is um, incredibly uh, uh, inappropriate. We have been, please don't, please don't interrupt me. We have been, uh, we, have raised directly with uh, the Israeli government about the need to uh, distinguish between Hamas terrorists and uh, Palestinian civilians. Uh, this is something that the secretary has raised directly on his travels. He, uh, we even laid out that we believe that there are um, commitments that can be made additionally on dealing with protecting civilian life more effectively. Uh, and we're watching very closely to, to, to make sure that happens. Referring to Palestinian civilians as human shields, doesn't that blur the distinction but between civilians and militants? I, I am not, we have not referred to Palestinian civilians as human shields. We have said, we have said, we have said, we have said that Hamas is using Palestinian civilians as human shields. That Wouldn't is that not, be... that is not hyperbole. That is something that we have seen Hamas do as they continue to, uh, integrate themselves into key civilian infrastructure across Gaza. Wouldn't that be blurring the distinction between civilians and combatants? If you say Hamas is using civilians as human shields, wouldn't that be in some ways justifying the killing of civilians because they happen to be we, in the we way are not in justifying, their homes? We are, there is no one in this administration that is justifying um, killing of civilians. Any civilian life loss uh, is incredibly troubling, heartbreaking to us. Any number above zero is deeply troubling to us. What we are doing is we are working with our Israeli partners to ensure that steps can be taken to minimize the impact on civilian life. And we also have uh, believe that there is a moral imperative, there is a strategic imperative to take steps to minimize uh, loss of civilian life. I'm going to work through, I've answered like four of your questions. <laughs> no, he has uh, Jean, uh, whatever, I, I think KJP's that, I, fucking I think, speech writer. I think he should run for president. He's actually got more balls than both KJP and exactly. And fucking they Kamala Harris. This little fucking twerp out with his ums and uhs and big words that he 
didn't understand what they meant. Quite um, understand them. But, uh, but he he fought back. He he did it. I tell you. He he got kind of like got no, there. no 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 no. <laughs> you spoke. Now it's my turn, motherfucker. Shut up. I, I was expecting it. him to drop an mf -er in there. Uh, I was like, wow, they finally filed somebody who's got balls. Isn't I, that amazing? Big gay balls, but they're balls. <laughs> I mean, they probably have some gay Indian balls. They probably have some sparkles on them. They might. They might. Just saying. Everybody likes a good pair of sparkly balls. <laughs> Just because Sparky said it was getting gay in here, so I had to make it gayer for him. All right. <laughs> I got you. Thank you. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, do we want to go back to this? I'm fucking done with that. Well, it is true, though. They did talk about this a three day ceasefire. They're talking about releasing a dozen hostages. Well, uh, we, play that. we play that in another clip, though. They. Already, Netanyahu said, no, there will be no ceasefire. So that's off the table. So don't even sweat that. That's not going to happen because Netanyahu understands the same thing I understand. Well, if you're going to give me, if I want to give you three days, then give me all my hostages back. Mm -hmm. And that's my exact turnaround. If you're going to say you're going to release 12, then release all of them back. And uh, we'll talk maybe even more than three days, maybe if I'm feeling sporting, but I ain't feeling sporting. So you might want to start sending some hostages across the border because uh, here soon I'm going to make it really miserable for you. And mm. that's what they got to do, folks. Unfortunately, that has to happen. I do want to get to this really quick, though, okay. before we get do. out of here, because I got it. What the fuck is going on in Canada? Oh, and we have some time yet. We still have a good 30 minutes. Because Canada, with the, you're like our top hats or whatever. Somebody said some stupid shit about you being top hats or something like that down here. I don't believe that. But when I see shit like this, I kind of got to wonder. I mean, um, Justin. I know Castro it's not Trudeau. real. Yeah. But I know there's nothing in that needle. Here we go. Fill it up. What needle? Uh, I, I'm. There kinda. was no needle. You saw her rubbing an alcohol pad on one arm, and then you saw her walking away from the other one. Hold That's on. true. Yeah, That's I didn't see a needle. That's actually true. He got two. He said he got two. He, so she's yep. just rubbing an alcohol pad. You don't see anything in her other hand. Nope. She's just holding it in her lap. And, and look, and now she's just arm. putting a Band-Aid on. But where's the needle? Here we go. Hold up. Right. She threw away her gloves and the Band-Aid wrapper, but there was no needles anywhere. Uh, I just wonder what the fuck is going on in Canada. There were no needles anywhere. This is Trudeau. This is who your prime minister is. Damn. However, it is coming out now. Here we go. Yep. Now this... This wasn't the COVID jab, but it doesn't matter. It's not just. It's not just the COVID it's jab. It's not just the COVID jab. Correct. It's always way more than the COVID jab. Oh, okay. Here we go. That's all right. There it is. I think that's the one. Yep. Okay. Play that. 
Happy birthday, dear Melody. Melody Rain just celebrated her first birthday in July. Everything about her was just pure light. She loved to dance. She loves her sister. Three months later, the 15-month-old toddler from Greenwood Lake died two days after a routine well visit and three vaccines. The final result was the cardiac arrest. It just completely shut her entire body down. Catherine Palumbi says her daughter showed no signs that anything was wrong until that day. Hospital records show the baby suffered organ failure. They brought me into the room. I watched, I just seen her laying there. They said time of death, 1113. And I just completely hit the floor. And I put the cross in here and everything. These are the flowers from her funeral. Yes. We reached out to the Herbert Kanya group in Warwick, where Melody was seen, but they declined to comment. According to the CDC, up to 10 vaccines are recommended for 15-month-olds. And Melody's records show she had three for varicella, DTaP, and Hib. Catherine believes they were too much for her daughter's body to handle. Trust your gut and don't let them push anything onto your children. In Greenwood Lake, Blaze Gomez, News 12. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Makes you wonder. And then there was this. I'm going to read this to y'all. It's a rough one. Blow it up so everybody can read it. Oh, so no, just no. in case they want to, because I know we got some folks that can't okay. hear as well. This is Izzy's story. This is from Dr. Jessica's, Jessica Rose by Edwina Olson, the mother. My daughter's reaction to the DTaP vaccine. Izzy was born a healthy, beautiful little girl who was always happy and very fun-loving. I remember when Izzy got sick like it was yesterday. She was 18 months old at the time. Our daycare center had flooded that week with heavy rain and was closed for the remainder of the week, so I decided to use this opportunity to get her immunizations up to date. Everything seemed fine, but two days later, Izzy's eyes started to look swollen and red spots started to appear, so I took her to our local doctor who diagnosed foot and mouth and conjunctivitis. The next morning, I woke up to her crying and frothing at the mouth, and her face was covered in a red rash. I raced her to the Royal Children's Hospital emergency, and by the end of the day, she was admitted on an empty wing in case whatever she had might be contagious. At 11 p.m., the doctor phoned our room from his home. He had been researching all day and informed us that Izzy was having a severe allergic reaction to her vaccination, which was causing Steven Johnson syndrome. I can remember our conversation so clearly. He just kept saying how sorry he was. I had never heard of SJS and was not sure why he was so sorry, but it was freaking me out. I got onto my iPad and looked it up. As soon as I saw the mortality rate, I turned it off. Steven Johnson syndrome is a rare, serious disorder in which one's skin and mucous membranes react severely to a medication or infection. SJS is most often from medicine containing ibuprofen, such as neurofin, or from sulfur-based treatments, from many antibiotics, or from anti-seizure medicine, and more rarely from vaccinations, as in Izzy's case, whose reaction was to the DTaP vaccine. What is unnerving is that one can have these medications for years without any problems, and then for some unknown reason, one's body will react this way doing having, due to having been hypersensitized, this irrespective of one's age. 
Steven Johnson syndrome often begins with flu-like symptoms, followed by a painful red or purplish rash that spreads in blisters, eventually causing the top layer of one's skin to die and shed. My daughter was basically burning from the inside out and her skin came off. She had to be intubated and placed in an induced coma to ensure that her esophagus didn't close up as with burn patients. Izzy spent the next two weeks in the ICU at the RCH in Melbourne while they worked on saving her life. One night they called and told me to come straight in as they didn't think she would make it through the night. I've never felt so sick with fear. I stayed by her side, pleading to the heavens to let her live, even if that meant that I had to be a willing sacrifice, uh, that I had to be willing to sacrifice her eyesight in exchange for her life. It was like my prayers were heard and accepted. She was eventually moved to the burn ward for the next three months and nursed back to health. She had to learn to walk and to eat again. Thankfully, her skin grew back with minimal scarring. Her corneas were, however, stuck as if glued to her eyelids. They required an intensive operation at the eye and ear hospital to separate the eye from the lid without piercing the cornea. Amazingly, the corneal specialist managed to do this successfully. Two months later, she accidentally poked her glasses into her eye and perforated it. This required an emergency corneal transplant. I cried throughout the day for Izzy and also because the cornea was donated by a little child who had died that day. That a suffering family in their time of despair had the generosity to give such a gift to someone, to someone was so beautiful. I think of them often and wish they knew that a part of their child was making such a great difference to my little girl. That's what Izzy looked like. That's what Izzy looked like from the DTaP vaccine. Izzy has, however, sustained irreversible scarring to the corneas. And as such is now blind and can only see high contrast color and movement. She wears protective glasses 24 seven as not to damage her eye again. Her right eye is still stuck down to the eyelid and she won't have any vision from it until operated on sometime in the near future. The operations won't be without risk as operating on the eye could inflame the left eye and take what little sight she does have. Essentially, we're between a rock and a hard place with this one. Izzy is on daily immune suppression medication for her transplant. She has had so many operations I've lost count, but she continues to be a brave, smiley, and happy girl. In addition to all of this, she suffers from photophobia, intolerance to light, and dry eye syndrome, which requires constant ointment and drops in her eyes for the rest of her life. She is in constant pain as her eyes feel gritty, as if she'd had sand in them all the time. It has been a real struggle dealing with this and just getting through each day, but I stop feeling sorry for myself when I see how amazing Izzy is and how she just gets out there and tries everything, just wanting to be like her older sister. From a DTaP vaccine. I don't trust any of them at all. Not a one. Not again. Never. Not ever. Nope. Never. Nope. You can never ever tell me that something the government tells you is a good thing to do. Nope. Never. Nope. There's nothing you're ever going to say to me ever again or to any of you. And you all should be that way. You all should be exactly the same way. Fuck this. No. Nope. Mm -hmm. Nope. You can't come around and tell me that, oh, my kids learning about trans theory in school is good for them. No, it's not. Nope. 
You can go fuck right the fuck off. Don't go away mad. Just go away. I don't even want to have this conversation with you. It's not even worth it. Listen, there's a lot of people that are going around talking about uh, this shit now about people getting into fist fights. Folks, I don't fight with fists. I shoot. There's no fighting. I don't fight anymore. I have not been in a fist fight in a very long time. I will not be in a fist fight in a very long time. That's not true. You got into a fist fight last December. That was last December. You broke my Tervis wine glass. Yeah, well, Fighting our son. He kind of deserved it, though. Still a fist fight. He's a punk, though. I won't <laughs> shoot him. I won't shoot him. I, okay, I'll fight with him, but I'm not okay. going to fight with anybody else. Yeah, there you go. I'll shoot everybody else. So it, it's, I, I don't understand why fight. Well. Fuck it. I, I can shoot you and get away with it, and I'm done. Peace. Later. <sighs> Listen to what Catherine Watt. This is great. Why do I want to listen to this one? No, she's not a swan. I was raised as a traditional Roman Catholic, um, and that's relevant to the work that I've done since because prior to um, Vatican II in the 1960s, the Catholic Church had very clear teachings about the difference between truth and error. Um, the nature of man, his final ends, and relations between man and society. And because I was raised in that traditional Catholic upbringing, that was kind of the stuff that was going on in my house. I drifted away from my Catholic faith um, as a teenager, and then I came back to it during COVID because as it dawned on me how evil the big picture was, it also dawned on me that for that coordinated of an evil to be getting so far, there must be something even more good against which it was fighting. Um, and that brought me back into the faith. I was raised. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's this, John? An FBI? The yeah. FBI just sent out. It's in New Jersey. Yeah, that was couple days ago wasn't it um they uh they have tanks rolling down this the streets of a small town in new jersey looking for this guy who's on the run hey go dude keep it up bro fucking run run <laughs> run we're out for you we're looking for you wolf pack look out for this guy i think he needs some help holy shit yeah, no, play that. Go back to that because that's kind of important. This is a big one because I know our uh, yeah, we got a, a friend of ours. She's been listening for a long time. Leanne. Leanne, West Virginia. Hey, this had to be good news for you today, madame, because I, I'm pretty impressed. I like it. I got into politics because of an argument I had 40 years ago with my dad. John Manchin owned a furniture store in Farmington, West Virginia a small coal mining town of hardworking people. And one day our local state representative came in and asked dad for a favor saying, you owe me for all the things I've done for your little town. When the man left, I turned to my dad and said, now wait a minute, isn't helping Farmington that man's job? That moment defined the difference between self-service and public service. When I told my dad that I was going to run for office, he said, oh, Joe, politics is a bad business. I'm telling you right now, stay out of it. 
I didn't disagree that often with my father, but that time I did. I reminded him of the famous line from President John F. Kennedy's inaugural address. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I was 13 when I first heard it, and I'm still inspired today by it. My family were devoted Catholics who immigrated from Italy and Czechoslovakia. So to us, President Kennedy was held in the highest regard, and I knew President Kennedy's words would sway my dad. It took him about a minute, but my dad said that he would support me running if I made a vow to serve all the people, friend or foe, and not just myself. That promise made to my dad all those years ago has been my guiding light. I've never cared about where good ideas came from, and I never blame one side for creating a problem, nor believe that only one side could fix them. When America is at her best, we get things done by putting country before party, working across the aisle and finding common ground. Many times this approach has landed me in hot water, but the fight to unite has been well worth it. Today, West Virginia is attracting more investment, opportunity and jobs than it has in decades. Here at home and across the country, we are building more roads, bridges, manufacturing plants and energy infrastructure than almost any time in America's history. After months of deliberation and long conversation with my family, I believe in my heart of hearts that I have accomplished what I set out to do for West Virginia. I've made one of the toughest decisions of my life and decided that I will not be running for reelection to the United States Senate. But what I will be doing is traveling the country and speaking out to see if there is an interest in creating a movement to mobilize the middle and bring Americans together. To the West Virginians who have put their trust in me and fought side by side to make our state better, it has been my honor of my life to serve you. Thank you. Every incentive in Washington is designed to make our politics extreme. The growing divide between Democrats and Republicans is paralyzing Congress and worsening our nation's problems. The majority of Americans are just plain worn out. Our economy is not working for many Americans from the rising cost of food and fuel and everything in between. We have a border crisis with illegal drugs entering our country and killing Americans every day. Our national debt is out of control and Americans don't feel safe, even in their own communities. We are providing critical aid to two of our allies, fighting wars for their survival. And we must prevent being pulled into a major war ourselves. These are not Republican or Democratic challenges. These are American challenges. They affect every one of us and we need to face them together. I know our country isn't as divided as Washington wants us to believe. We share common values yes, of family, yes. freedom, democracy, dignity, and a belief that together we can overcome any challenge. We need to take back America and not let this divisive hatred further pull us apart. Public service has and continues to drive me every day. That is the vow that I made to my father over 40 years ago, and I intend to keep that vow until my dying day. May God bless America the great state of West Virginia, and each and every one of you. Sounds like he's running for president. Bye, Joe. Peace. Seriously. Peace. Can we all just say bye to Joes in the next all Joes. two years? Bye, Joes. Just all bye, Joes. Every, everybody named Joe, I'm sorry, you're fucked. Joe Biden screwed you. You're, you're screwed. Yeah. It's, it's over. Yeah.
I mean, we are we're 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 seriously screwed because um kind of like bye Joe, bye Joe, bye because money ain't getting better, Ooh. shit's getting worse. Welcome back. Take a look at the futures this morning, showing a gain at the start of trading this morning, indicating we will have a firmer start. Dow Industrials up 65. The Nasdaq now positive by three. The S&P higher by seven. Yields are also higher this morning, uh, but perhaps off of now. We're at the highs of the morning on yields as well. The 10-year Treasury up almost seven basis points right now to a level of 4.554%. Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell yesterday urged economists to remain flexible. Uh, think outside traditional economic models, he said, as you offer your projections. Meanwhile, Chicago Federal Reserve President Austin Goolsby told the Journal that the Fed will need to pay close attention to the effects of higher long-term bond yields to make sure they don't slow the economy more than expected over the coming year. Joining us right now is Piper Sandler's managing director and senior economist, Jake Ubina. Jake, great to see you. Good to see you, Maria. Thank you so much for being here. Assess where we are. You just heard what uh, Austin Goolsby said, and you see where yields are. What are you expecting from the macro story going into year end? Yeah, I, I, look, I think what Powell said makes a lot of sense. You do have to, you can't use traditional models. Uh, one of the things that the Fed's struggled with, I think, over the course of the last year and a half, two years, is the fact that they've been pushing against this massive wall of fiscal cash that was added to the economy over the, over the course of the pandemic. Households really started to spend that down over the course of 2022 and into 2023. And so you're raising rates into this wall of cash that continues to support the economy. How do you know you're being effective from a monetary policy standpoint? Standpoint. We're now moving beyond that wall of cash. Excess savings has come all the way back down for the lower 80% of income groups. Those are the groups that really drive spending vis-a-vis -vis savings. The top 20% really doesn't spend from savings. And so we've lapped that. We've now increased uh, tightening of lending standards in a significant way over the course of the last year. That always acts with a lag in terms of throttling down credit growth, throttling down consumer spending growth. And so I think the Fed is now looking at all these things and they've got a setting at, at the policy rate that's, you know, five and a half percent at the top end. Yeah. That might be way too high once we move past all of these things that have artificially supported the economy over well, the last year. We were talking in the commercial break, all of us, and you said unemployment is the most important thing to focus on right now. Yeah, I think we're moving. I think we're transitioning from this mantra of inflation and a complete unique focus on inflation over the course of the last few years to unemployment. And I think, you know, the, the, the things that have happened on the unemployment side over the course of the last six months in particular tell us that we're moving into the late cycle stage. By the way, this is completely consistent with the historical precedent, right? So what's the first thing to inflect after the Fed starts tightening? Corporate revenue. Corporate revenue in real terms went flat in the first half of this year. And then it's employment because you're responding to that margin pressure. You're responding to that demand uh, falling off, that productivity coming down. We're starting to see that play out. The level of unemployment over the course of the last six months is up 15%. We've never had that type of change without a lead into recession. And so I think what we're doing is we're morphing from phase one of the unemployment rate increase, which is this gradual move higher off the lows, to phase two, where you start to see more precipitous increases. And I think the recent data are dovetailing with that. Look at the warn notices, these notices that companies have to give to states when they're gonna do mass layoffs, oh. leads by 60 uh, days in terms of the unemployment stuff. That really, I mean, it went very high in August. It just got revised up for September. We've seen material increase in layoff announcements over the course of the last year. We've seen much lower retail hiring this year than last year, which was already a very weak year, right? So I think you have a lot of pieces in place that are telling you that we're into the late cycle, early recession phase of, of, of the unemployment rate backdrop. That means the Fed, though, Maria, is doing its job, if you think about it. I mean, yeah, that means the yeah, Fed is doing that. its job, if you think about it, Maria. No! That means it's the same thing we said before. It's a fucking recession. Yeah, we're fucked. 
Yep. We're fucked. Anyway. Oh, by the way, the dollar's pretty much worthless at this point. If you've seen the latest trend, the dollar's been on the decrease for like the last three days. Pretty substantially, by the way. It's not small. Uh, you can tell that Bricks just said, fuck it. So, Watch this. Hold my beer. Historically... Not that there's been a whole lot of history on this, but historically, when the economy crashes, they do it on a holiday weekend. Ooh, Veterans Day coming up. Tomorrow. Yeah. Well, Saturday. But there's, tomorrow is the banking holiday. Yes. Mm. Tomorrow's the government holiday. I wonder what Monday will look like. Mm. Anyway. Guess we're going to find out. Yeah. Hey, Whatever. It is what it is. God's got it. Just let him deal with it. Oh, yes. Till then, uh, we got to get the fuck out of here. Either. Um, we'll be back mm -hmm. tomorrow. We will. 5.45 uh, for the pre-show, 6 p.m. for the regular show. You can check her out at 8 a.m. tomorrow morning for the good book. And the lovely Anna comes on at 9.05 mm -hmm. oh. for her show. Look, and well, in the queue drops, there's all the banks listed for 11, 11, 17, which... This would be the the true delta because it's a six year delta. delta. The delta is six. So yeah, this would be the sixth. Anyway. Mm, well, good, good, good call on that one, Lindsay. Good call. Anyway, till I'll be then, back tomorrow morning. Uh she'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. with a good book. Mm -hmm. Again, 905 for the lovely Liana, both on Red Pill mm -hmm. and on Rumble. Mm -hmm. And you can check out Vince at 11.30 for uh, morning coffee. And then us again, 5.45 again. Mm -hmm. And uh, till then, fuckers. Don't forget. A hold on real quick. I'm going to plug this real quick. Plug it. Don't forget. If you are looking for Christmas gifts for the prepper in your life, dude, you can go for the trifecta. Seriously. You get. And the Veterans Day sales are great. Seriously. For stuff like this, go to defiantprep.life, get a 30 or 90 day supply of food, then go to survival-essentials.com and get your seed supply pack and go to electrofreedom.com, use promo code VET, get $17 off your order. Or if those have been used up, use promo code WOLFPACK to get 20% off your order. And there you go. You've got food for a month or three months and the ability to grow your own food twice as fast and up to five times big. So yeah, defiantprep.life, survival-essentials.com, promo code defiant saves you 10%, electrofreedom.com. New promo code VET for the first seven people saves you $17. There you go. Anyway. So till then, fuckers, mm -hmm. uh, we'll be back tomorrow night uh, for the Mick. And V Lynn. We'll see you then. Thanks for watching, y'all. Peace, bitches.
to the gate. You can't depend on your waiters, cause you'll be over your tater. I'm talking growing tomatoes, yeah. Feeding the worms, I fish with later. I'll have a fish stick plate over a six foot grave. Before I take a knee as our anthem plays. My hands on my heart, I stand on what I say. And my second amendment handles what I can. I ain't trying to be Billy Badass or talk shit. I'm just saying, there's the line. Don't cross it. I got a red rider gun when I was three, so I don't run or hide from anything. Bitch, I'm a red, white, and blue collar boy from the south. The south. Yeah. You can fuck around and find out. I love my country, love my freedom. Fuck a welfare, now I don't need them. Shotgun raids from the woods to the plate. Ain't never went hungry, ain't never too late. To come around here, sun running your Strapped up in a whitey, I can show you if it's needed. When you see it, you'll believe it. If you don't love it, you can leave it. Michael Jackson, you can be F A F O. I teach you how this game go. Different joints, same smoke. Wake up, wear the same clothes. Real redneck, I'm a piece of white trash. Blue collar boy, but my lady's high class. Got the music way up loud with a cigar in my mouth. Fuck around and come find out how we do it in the south. Ain't saying nothing, but you're running that mouth. I never take a hand out, I'm too damn proud. I'm a son of the dirty south with a truck seat high and he straight pipes loud. This land, land of freedom, double barrels in case we need Man up, we'll sit your ass down. We done talking, fuck around and find out. Love my country, love my freedom, fuck a welfare now. Fuck around and find out You can fuck around and find out